The Chicago Bulls faced the Brooklyn Nets today, a Brooklyn Nets team that's won 12 games in a row, and the Chicago Bulls have lost two in a row, albeit due to some weird officiating. We're going to break it all down, preview that game, and go over the last two-minute report. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm the host here, Hayes, and our Chicago Bulls face the Brooklyn Nets today. Now, this is a Brooklyn Nets team that is the second team overall in the Eastern Conference right now. They also are winners of 12 straight games, which is a is a wild streak right now. Completely has changed the outlook of the Brooklyn Nets season in many ways. When you look at everything, like the fact that they started off the season as one of the more disappointing teams, and now they're one of the best teams in the NBA, sporting a differential of plus 4.4 in their matchups, which is good enough for second in the NBA. So a, a Brooklyn Nets team that not only is doing it efficiently on the offensive end, albeit not scoring a ton of points, they don't rank super high as far as overall offense in the NBA, but they are one of the most efficient teams, and they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA the Bulls have their work cut out for them especially coming into this game missing Javante Green who is their energy piece off the bench the Bulls are gonna have to find a way to rediscover that defensive consistency that they flashed in in their three-game win streak and then in their two-game win streak after that can the Bulls get back in the willing column well the answer of could they is yes they very well could but the the bigger question here that's surrounding and and frustrating Bulls fans is will they because the Chicago Bulls has looked like they can do anything for over the course of the season. Is That means beat the really, really good teams. That means lose to the really, really bad teams in the NBA. And as long as the Bulls keep showing the propensity and the ability to just shit the bed any given night, it's hard to really expect a certain level of play from this team. Now, when it comes to how they fared against the better teams in the NBA, it's a different story than last season. They are faring better against the better teams in the NBA. Cavs aside, who we can't seem to get a win against as they have three wins against us on the season. I'm sorry, you guys can tell. It's a little bit salty about that Cavs game, but it is what it is. The Brooklyn Nets are the 12th ranked offense in the NBA while being the third ranked defense over this winning streak that they've had these last 12 games. So because of that, the Bulls have to be locked in. Now, one thing would say is that after a loss, like they had against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you know, especially now that it's come out that Donovan Mitchell uh, did have a lane violation, and Jared Allen also should have been called for a travel. All those things happen, right? Is this Bulls team going to come in a little bit more motivated, a little bit more focused, and try to give us what we deserve to see? And that is a team that plays with heart and desire and acts like they want to win these games. So you know, it's it, 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 everything's up. They're back at home, which. I would love to be able to say that because the Bulls have some home cooking that that means that we should be a little bit more confident in the wins for this team, but they really haven't shown us that consistently to bet on that, right? That's been the biggest thing. Is anything that you can say positive about this team, you could probably equally say something just as negative about what they're doing. So in this game, what are some of the things that the Bulls need to do? They need to watch for their matchups and use those matchups to their advantage. Can Patrick Williams force Ben Simmons or Kevin Durant, whoever's lined up against him, to have to guard him? That doesn't mean that Patrick Williams all of a sudden needs to go off for 15 and 12, I mean 15 or 20 points. It means that he needs to keep the defense honest by hitting his shots. He needs to keep the defense honest by penetrating when he can and trying to get to the rim. He needs to get on putbacks. He needs to get defensive rebounds. He needs to be active. 
the the Brooklyn Nets have to realize that they need to put a body on Patrick Williams every minute. And if they do not, he's a threat to get a bucket, a steal, a rebound, a block, something. We need to see that level of game from Patrick Williams. Now, we have seen it at times this season. Have we seen it consistently? No. Is he put in position to always give us consistently? No either. Can't say that. And for those that complain about Patrick Williams and rebounding, I need you guys to watch the game and see where Billy Donovan has him lining up in the offense. But that being aside, right? We need Patrick Williams to be able to keep the defense and whatever players guarding him honest, meaning that they can't cheat off of him um, when they're on the defensive end guarding him. means that he has to keep putting his body on people that that he's supposed to be guarding. Can he do that? The switch-heavy defense as well. I don't know why Billy Donovan has not realized that this team is not a good switching team. That that was, and this is what I'll give you credit for, when Lonzo Ball and Javante Green were in the lineup, we could switch more. You know why we could switch more? Because both of those players are versatile defenders that can guard well below their size and above their size as well as Javante Green did most of last season. When you miss those two players, you don't have the switching defense that once you had last season. Patrick Williams, as good of an on-ball defender as he has been at times, he is slow laterally. That is just who he is as a person. So when you get into these switch-heavy situations, sometimes his length, he's learning to use his length to his advantage, but he's not as quick on the switches as a Javante Green would be. And and Ayo DeSumo can be good on switches, but he's still not Lonzo Ball. He's just not Lonzo Ball when it comes defensively. There aren't very many defenders when it co- like Lonzo Ball in the league. So with that said, like the switch-heavy defense on a team like this can absolutely kill you now. One could say, we'll see what the Bulls end up doing. They've had some success switching. I'm just worried about the switching defense on this type of team. A team that uh, Kyrie can take anybody off the dribble. KD can take anybody off the dribble. Ben Simmons really isn't a threat when it comes to offense, at least not this year. But this um, Brooklyn Nets team has shooters on it. Don't let Seth Curry completely kill you. This would be the game that we let Seth Curry go off for 10 free throws. We can't do that. Now, if they can find some success switching, all right, keep it. But I just I don't want the heavy reliance on the switching defense because it just has not worked to our advantage like it did at times last season. But one thing that does work to our advantage is as overall for his career, Kyrie Irving only averages six and a half points, five rebounds, and five assists when he's when he's guarded by Io DeSumo. Now it's only been two games. But the fact of the matter is, is that you do have that track record. You do have that ability there. So let's see what Io can do with Kyrie. Is it going to be easy by any stretch? No, I'm not expecting it to be easy. I'm not expecting him to hold Kyrie to other under double digits again. That'd be asinine to expect. But the possibility is there, as well as Vooch. Nick Claxton, while a really, really good defender, he's one of the anchors of this team defensively, right along with Ben Simmons. Vooch is going to have to make Nick Claxton work. And by that, I mean... Yes, Claxton is a great defender, but Vooch outweighs him by like 60 pounds. Vooch needs to get in there and be balling. We need to play from the inside out uh, against Vooch. And even dating back to last season when we had success against the Brooklyn Nets, KD and, and DeMar kind of always have their games, and that's to be expected. KD, when he got switched on DeMar last season, I said as much that, you know, DeMar basically danced all around KD, and he did in those first two matches that we won against Brooklyn. What can DeMar do against Brooklyn tonight right we've seen a DeMar now that even though he's had these big scoring outputs sometimes down the stretch DeMar hasn't had the magic that we're used to and again I say sometimes more times than not he's locked in can we get that can we get another one of those games from DeMar and Zach Levine the 15 points in in, in a half ain't going to cut it 
Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Um, and, you know, it's not just about the point output. We need you to be scoring efficiently. I like the way that Zach Levine's been moving the ball around. I like his assists and how he's been setting other, up other people. I like that. I like how he's been going after more rebounds. I like how he's been going to the rim. We need to see Zach Levine locked in tonight, and we need to see Zach Levine that if the going gets tough, he gets back into that killer mode and tries to take over the game. That's what we need tonight if we're going to find success against the Brooklyn Nets. All right. Now, with that said, in the game kind of out of the way, I want to talk about the last two-minute report. And we already knew, as most Bulls fans expected, the last two-minute report came out very favorable for the Chicago Bulls. Jared Allen should have been called for a travel, um, with, which would, would have given the Bulls the ball back with 12.1 seconds left. And then uh, Donovan Mitchell should have been called, of course, for a lane violation on his putback that ended up putting the game into overtime. So we shouldn't have even went into overtime. Now, the one thing that I will say over on Lockdown Bulls that Pat, the designer, brought about, and I want to bring that conversation here, is that the, some, the NBA has to do something about officiating, not just for the integrity of the game and the fan um, res, uh, appreciation and enjoyment of the game. It really is a kick in the nuts when you found out your team lost because of a missed call. But on top of that, Pat said this, and it was great, is that the refs could be affecting people's lives by these, by these missed calls. By that, he meant that if, a, if uh, you're causing teams to lose games, and then what if, what if a player gets traded because of it? What if a coach gets fired because of all these missed calls, because of these losses? Like, it, it, the human element of it is interesting, but outside of that, the NBA just, for the integrity of the game, of nothing else, you come out the, with these reports to basically say, our refs effed up, but then no type of recourse happens because of it. That makes no sense. You're sitting there, you have the information available now, you know. Your referees did not do their job correctly. Why is there no type of punishment, anything, for the repeated offenders who just keep getting calls wrong that are dictating games? I said on yesterday's episode, I will not be surprised at all if some mass point-shaving uh, thing gets found out that happened this season because the, ref the refereeing and officiating has been terrible. And when you've been on the wrong side of it now about four times for the Chicago Bulls, who right now, with the four games that they could have been in position to win had calls gotten right, the Bulls would be 20, 20, 21, um, 20, uh, 20 or 21 wins and 17 losses. That completely changed the outlook of your season. That would put the Bulls at the number six seed on the season. That would change things. And yes, it's a human element. Referees, officiating isn't 100% right. There are going to be missed calls. But when it's this constant thing to inform us, to make sure that you come out with a report to let us know that you got it wrong, but nothing get done for it, what does it matter? Coaches, owners, GMs, they get fined if they, if they criticize the officials. But yet the, the officials don't get anything for getting calls wrong that are affecting the outcomes of these games. That's super frustrating. 
and it's disheartening, and it, and it makes you question a league that would punish their players and their coaches for criticizing the officiating, but they won't criticize it enough to do something about these amount of wrong calls. Now, again, I'm not saying, I'm talking about general NBA. I'm not talking about just because of the Bulls. Yeah, it's a Bulls channel. I focus on the Bulls here. But if you've been watching a lot of NBA games, you know the Bulls, this isn't just the Chicago Bulls who are feeling this. This isn't just the Chicago Bulls where these things are happening. The refs are getting it wrong. Something needs to happen. And we'll see if the NBA eventually does something. If something evolves in the game to include that, because I think that it needs to happen and we think that it should. Now, before we go today, we are a little over 30 days away. Um, we're about 35 days away from the NBA trade deadline. And as most Bulls fans hope is that the, at, at the very least, the Acme does something, right? Not necessarily saying blow it all up, even though some fans will love that. Not necessarily saying going full rebuild, even though some fans will love that. Not saying go full retool either, but we need to add some type of talent to this team. We, the, we, we've been outworked and oversized for going over a year now, and we need to fix that. Now, here's the thing, and this is the thing that I've been saying. I know a lot of Bulls fans want us to, to move players that we don't necessarily use and, and things and get something meaningful back. I don't know if AK and Eversley are going to do something as, as drastic as move one of the big three or the medium three, however you want to look at them. Um, could they move Kobe? Could Caruso be on the move? Could Javante Green be on the move? I think everything has to be open and available. If, again, depending on what criteria the Bulls are looking for, are they looking to just add talent? Are they looking to probably consolidate some of these guards and bring back a bigger player, 6'9 or above, who can do some things and actually play power forward for this team coming off the bench because I still think they have investments in Patrick Williams starting there. But are they going to do that? And then how Bulls fans are going to react to whatever deal that they do, they have to do something at the bare minimum, even if the Chicago Bulls had the victories that they, that they missed out on because of refereeing, we'd still only be the sixth or seventh seed meaning that we still need to do something more if we want to go on a significant run. Now, that's to say if. A.K. and Eversley could look at this and say, there's so much that needs to be done to this team for us to get to where we want to be. It's probably going to be easier to do more in the offseason. Keep in mind, you get more for assets in the offseason than you usually do during season, especially when you're on a, you know, you don't really have a superstar that you're moving. But with that being said, the Bulls have trade assets. And I, and I did over on the members-only video, I did talk about the fact that um, I do think that the Portland pick right now is probably the time where the Bulls want to move that as Portland kind of seems to be fluctuating in and out of the playoffs and the Bulls could really take advantage of that. But what do you package that with? Kobe White, who's played much better and turned himself into a really good two-way player off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. Would the Bulls possibly look to move him or do they look at him and say, if he's done this type of growth, he's only 22 years old, let's consider moving. And I, you guys also know one of the things that I've been talking about here for a while is I don't think the Bulls are going to be able to retain Javante Green. I just look think look at the way that, that all that's shaping up. 29 years old, his first time being an unrestricted free agent. Um, a, he's proven himself to be a player that can fit on almost any bench and is willing to guard any position. And I do think a contender is going to offer their full mid-level exception for Javante. And if that becomes the case, the Bulls just aren't going to be able to match that with where they are right now. So you may look to do something with Javante and package him with, with, uh, with a couple more players to up the contract. The Bulls can do a lot of things right now, and I do think and hope that AK and Eversley are doing their due diligence. They've been mad, mad quiet, and hopefully that quietness comes because they are on the phones trying to figure out ways to improve the team because if they don't, if they don't do something, I hate to see, I hate what that tells me or how that makes me feel about 
the way that they view or how serious they take really improving this team. But that's just my question. You guys can let me know what you think about everything down below. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. It's game day, so I'll see you guys tonight. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red, y'all. And peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.